Good morning again, everybody. Glad to be back. Again, thank you for your prayers as I recovered, and thank you for Mike, again, covering uh, the pulpit. Thanks be to God. We have godly men who love God's Word and can cover, right? That we're not scrambling to hear the Word of God. We're going to finish Ephesians today. Um, You can prepare uh, for our next series by beginning to read and study the book of 1 Peter. 1 Peter covers end times. Of course, that's an important thing. But it also covers how we are to relate to the state as Christians. How do Christians respond to government? How do we respond to ungodly laws? How do we respond to godly laws? What is our position that we should take? A very relevant book. Of course, all of Scripture is relevant no matter where we are in history. Well, today, we're, as I said, we're going to finish out Ephesians. We're going to, uh, we've done the armor. Now we're going to talk about praying in the Spirit. I ask you would stand with me as we would pray. We would read from God's holy word, and we're just going to get right on into it. <clears throat> Let's pray. Father, again, we come to you because we need you. You alone are our help. We ask, Lord God, that you would speak to us. I pray, Lord God, that none of my words in any way, interfere with the truth of your word. We ask, Lord God, that we would hear from you, that Christ would speak, that you would plant your word in our hearts, that you would cause it to bear fruit, that you would shape us and mold us into the image of Jesus Christ all the more this day. We ask that we as the saints would be encouraged because we've met with our God. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Our text today is Ephesians 6, verses 18 to 24. This is what God says. Praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert, with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. And also for me, that words may be given me to me in opening my mouth, boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. So that you also may know how I am and how I am doing, Tychius, the beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will tell you everything. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that he may encourage your hearts. Peace to the brothers and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with love incorruptible. It's the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Many were surprised that I had added prayer as a piece of the armor of God, because normally we don't associate it with. But it is absolutely essential to being dressed in God's armor. Prayer is something, if we're going to be honest, that we probably struggle the most with. Ian Hamilton says this in his commentary. He says, Without prayer, all we are and do for Christ and His church has the smell of death about it. Oh, thanks, Ian. I appreciate the encouragement. Prayerlessness is practical atheism. That sounds very harsh, loved ones, but that statement is true. All that we do for Christ 
or think we do for Christ, if it's not bathed in prayer, if it's not prayer in the Spirit, it has death about it. Prayerlessness. If we don't pray, we are, in essence, atheists. Because we're saying that things happen by chance. Well, I'm just going to work out. Well, do we believe who God is? See, we pray because we believe that God is who He says He is, that God is omnipotent, He's all-powerful, He alone can help. We pray because we believe that God is omniscient, He's all-knowing, that God is already at the end of our problem. God is already at the end of time even, and He's just as much at the end of time as He is right here, right now. As I like to say, God is everywhere at the same time to the same degree. Do we believe these things about God? Well, let's talk to God. Let's ask God. Failure to pray, in essence, shows that I have religion and not a relationship. Remember, we referenced the song, Stand Up for Jesus, when we talked about the armor, and the writer of the song says this, Stand up, stand up for Jesus, stand in His strength alone. The arm of flesh will fail you, you dare not trust your own. Put on the gospel armor, each piece put on with prayer. Where duty calls or danger, be never wanting there. Prayer is the essential element of spiritual warfare. But it is possible to fail in spiritual warfare simply because we have not prayed. The late James Boyce writes this, You and I can be clothed in God's armor, having the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, our feet shod with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, and yet fail to triumph because we do not call upon God. So as we look at praying in the Spirit today, we're going to see that first, there's personal prayer. Personal prayer. Paul says to the church in Ephesus in 6.18, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Prayer is first personal. It's my praying. What is prayer? Prayer, praying is prosukomai. It means to pray, to speak to God, to ask for God, to ask of God. Or ask God for. We know it. It's simply, in its most basic definition, is talking to God. In our text for today, the word praying is a verb. It's present it is a present participle with imperative force. Well, what does that mean? It means it is a command to always be praying. It is a command to always be praying. That's why he says, uh, right after it, in 6.18, praying at all times... In the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication, to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Paul told the church in Thessalonica, in 1 Thessalonians 5.17, that they are to pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. Now, we know that doesn't mean to me in a posture of prayer, on my knees 24-7 doing nothing else but to have the attitude of prayer, that I'm ready to go to God, I'm quick to go to God. 
As the psalmist says, who alone do I have? You alone are my help. Who do I have? But you, you are in heaven. You are my help. That when trials come, when situations come, when wisdom is needed, I go to God and I don't go digging inside myself. Because as soon as I start looking for answers within myself or within this world, all of a sudden I'm going to be in trouble. But I need to seek, what does God say? What does God want me to do? That's what it means to have an attitude of prayer. How are we to pray? He tells us here that we are to pray. Look at what again it says in verse 18. Praying at all times in the Spirit. With all prayer and supplication to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Praying in the Spirit, capital S. So therefore we know it's the Holy Spirit. As Jude, the brother of Jesus, wrote to us in Jude verse 20, he says, but you, beloved, building yourselves up in the most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit. So what is praying in the Holy Spirit? <clears throat> it sounds like some higher form of prayer. That it's... it's, it's, it's an ethereal kind of thing. Well, is that really what it is? I think so often we overcomplicate spiritual things. We make them more than what they actually are. Like I have to be in, you know, to be praying in the spirit, I have to make sure that I'm in the right posture, I'm saying the right words, I'm doing X, Y, and Z. No, that's not what it is. I think Brian Chappelle, Nails the definition of praying in the Spirit. He writes this in his commentary. Praying in the Spirit is prayer that conforms to the will and purpose of the Spirit. There it is. It's just praying as God would have me pray. Praying according to God's Word. Does that mean I don't ask God for things? Because it's not in God's Word. God, would you give me, would you give me favor in that job interview? That, you can't find that in Scripture. But does that mean I can't pray for that? No. Praying in, the, praying in the Spirit for that is, God, if it's your will, may I do such and such, as James tells us. Praying in the Spirit is praying according to the will of God. We're to pray in the Holy Spirit. Why in the Holy Spirit? Because the Holy Spirit, His role, His job is to intercede for us before God. He is the one who intercedes for us according to the will of God. He is the one who, we, who prays for us when we've had those times and those moments in life where, you know what, God, I, I don't even know what to say. It hurts so bad. This, this really, really, God, I really hate what's going on in my life right now. I can't stand it. I want you to deliver, deliver me from it. I, I don't even know what to ask of you, God. That holy, the Holy Spirit intercedes for us to God. He groans, it says groaning. So when we groan, if we're praying in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit is speaking to God for us. That's what we're told in Romans chapter 8. It says, likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. 
And there we have it. What is praying in the Spirit? It's praying according to the will of God. When I don't know what the will of God is, I ask God and the Spirit will interpret, will interpret for me according to the will of God. It is, however, possible to pray and not be in God's Spirit. It's possible to pray and to not be in the Spirit. The Pharisees were known for this. <clears throat> Jesus pointed it out publicly to them. The religious leaders who loved to be seen on the corners, who would make their big grand prayers, right? Or they would even stand there and say, I thank you, God, that I am not like other men, like that guy over there, God, thank you. Jesus says this of the Pharisees. Mark chapter 7, verse 6, and he said to them, Well, did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites? As it is written, this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Is your heart in when you pray? Is your heart in it? You're really taking it serious to really say, I'm talking to the God of the universe. As we pray in the Spirit, we're told that we're also to be doing a few other things. We're to be making supplication to the Lord. Look again what it says in verse 18. Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. What is supplication? It's the word desis. It means plea, beg. That which was asked with urgency based on a presumed need. Are we praying in such a way that we are doggedly asking God? Is God such a one that we actually have to beg? Do we think we have to beg in prayer? Remember what Martin Luther says, God, we just need to ask from God's hand what he's so willingly to give. I don't need to convince God in prayer. But if I'm not asking God with some sort of urgency, then obviously it's not that important, right? I'm to make supplication. I'm to ask God intensely. That's why these, you know, in the morning prayers, if we have them, if we read the daily bread and we ask God, you know, God bless my day, and I'm up and I'm on my way, that's not praying in the Spirit. Not only do we have, ask for supplication, we're to keep alert. Look at what it says, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Keep alert. Agrinuo. Keep alert. Keep awake. Keep alert spiritually to be watchful and attentive to spiritual things. Am I alert to what's going on? If I wrestle not against flesh and blood, that means I need to be alert to what's going on spiritually. What's happening? I see something physically, but what's happening behind the scenes? What do I really need to be praying for? 
God, would you change my wife's attitude? Because there's conflict. Well, actually, let me change it. God changed my husband's attitude because that's probably the more correct way to look at it. Because I want peace in the home? Or is it, you know, God, my husband's, there's something, you and him are off right now. He's off with you. Lord, will you bring him back to yourself? You see the difference of being alert spiritually? What's really going on? It's manifesting itself physically, but there's a deeper spiritual issue. Be alert for that. We're to keep alert with all perseverance, it says. Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end, keep alert with all perseverance making supplication for the saints, for all the saints. Perseverance, to devote oneself to, to keep on, to persist in despite difficulty. Do we persevere in prayer? Do I continue on in prayer? Even when it seems like it's doing absolutely nothing. The danger of the world in which we live in today is we want instant answers. I want to know right now, right? I mean, just something huge happens in the news. A plane crash, a shooting, whatever it is, horrible things happen. And right away, we want to know what happened. We want to know why. Well, maybe you might not know why. God's not like that. We don't have a microwave God. We don't have a microwave God. We have a God who does things in His time and in His way. And when He's ready to let us know, if He ever lets us know, Just think about Job. Job never got his answer from God. Never did God tell him an answer. Read Job. God says, no, you need to just, you know what you need need to occupy your mind with, Job? Not why did this happen. You need to contemplate who made the mountains. Who set the stars? Why don't you start thinking about that and how great I am and everything else? And that's exactly what Job did. Job said, you know what? I I spoke, I shut my mouth, I have nothing to say. It's hard to persevere in prayer. It's hard to keep going, especially when the suffering is so long, when it seems to be for years. We're rejoicing because God has finally answered a prayer for Brenda. When she called me yesterday and said, Pastor, I got the call. I got to go to New York. They're going to do the transplant. I, I, <laughs> why is it that we pray and ask God for something for so long? And then when he does it, we're like, oh my gosh, God did it. Why would we not believe that he was going to do it anyways? We believe that he was going to do it. But I'm going to tell you, Brenda is an example of Perseverance. You just see her everyone. I don't know how many of you spent time and talked with her. You know, this is years, years of praying for healing, praying for this. Years of in and out of the hospital, years of infections and every, just, oh, it was, there's times where she just, you know, it's just getting hard. It's getting hard. But she persevered. Why did she persevere? Because she would say this. One thing I know is God is faithful. God is faithful. Do we believe that God is faithful? Do we believe that God really will come through? 
may not know how, you may not know when, but he'll what? He'll do it again, right? Miss Pat, it's amazing. Every time God leads you to sing that song, it touches somebody in the church. We could all sing that song with her. But it's true. God has not forgotten us. He hasn't regulated us to the, you know, the, 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 the little things, and he's just too preoccupied with the, the, the global things. No, we matter to God. His eye is on the sparrow. His eye is on you, that the full attention of the Godhead is directed towards his children when they pray. Every ounce of God is directed towards me when I pray, and every ounce of God is directed towards you when you pray in the Spirit. That's how big our God is. He's not diluted in any way, shape, or form. Persevere in prayer. Persevere in prayer. Jesus told a parable to his disciples. The parable, your Bible would might say, the unjust judge. I like the way the ESV puts it. The parable of the persistent widow. Because that's really the purpose of the parable. You know the parable. It's in Luke 18.1. He says this, And he told them a parable to the effect that they ought to always pray and not lose heart. Why? We can lose heart in prayer, can't we? And you know the parable. There was a widow who was being cheated, denied justice, she went to the judge, and he wouldn't hear her case. He kept putting her off, and, 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 and he didn't care about God nor man, it says, this judge. He didn't care. He didn't care about anybody. He cared about himself. But it said that this widow consistently kept coming to the judge day after day after day after day after day. She want justice for her cause, justice for her cause, justice for her cause. And, and, and Jesus says that the judge finally said, I'm going to give her what she wants because she is literally beating me down. And the actual word there would mean to strike under the eye. She was beating him down by her persistence in coming. And he says... So also do not lose heart. Continue to come. Just because I can't see the end because I'm not giving an answer does not mean that God does not care or God does not have a greater plan in it all. Because of course he does. Because he knows the plans that he has for you. Not to harm you, but to give you a future and a hope. Right? And what are we, as Peter says, to set our hope fully on? The grace that is to be given to us at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So when we pray and we're beginning to lose heart, get the long game in your mind. Think towards the end. You know what? One day this is all going to be over. One day I'm not going to... One day I'm going to never need to pray again. What do I need to pray for in heaven? What do I need to ask for in heaven? Nothing. Nothing. Everything will be as it should be. Imagine that. It'll be nothing but worship in heaven. Salvation belongs to the Lord. We're to pray in the Spirit. We're to pray asking intensely for things. We're to keep alert as to what's going on. And we're to pray with perseverance. 
But we're not only just to pray for ourselves, we're to be praying for the saints. Praying for the saints. Look again what it says in verse 18. Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. This is why the church is so important. This is why we need to be in community with one another. This is why what we're going to do after service, and you're visiting with us today, I pray you would stay if you can. We're going to go in our big room and we're going to have a meal together. No charge. Don't worry if you didn't bring food. God, God can multiply fishes and loaves. He can multiply flour and oil. He can, he's done it here already, by the way. So don't worry about it. We'd love to have you. The church needs to be in communion with one another. If you ignore the church, it's to your own detriment and, quite frankly, to our detriment. God has gifted us all. We all have a part to play within God's church. Some are big parts, some are small parts, but it's all God's church. You ignore the body of Christ. You remove yourself from the body of Christ. You just come on Sunday mornings and we never see you again. That's not good. For you, it's not good for us. I would encourage you, 2024, we're already, we're already 30 plus days into the year, right? 30 uh, or whatever, how many days? We're the fourth day of February at this point. We're that many days in, right? How many of us already said, I have goals, and they've already went to the side, right? Make it a goal from this point on. You know what? I'm going to at least commit myself to Sunday school on the Lord's Day, Sunday school. I'm going to show up an hour earlier to church. It is the Lord's Day, by the way. Just come to Sunday school. We have programs for your kids and for you. Maybe if you don't have kids, you know, how about show up at 8.30 and pray with the saints? You want to get to know your brothers and sisters? Pray in a room with them. You want to know what's going on in their lives? Pray with them in a room. I would encourage you to pray. Show up Wednesday nights if you can. Bible study, we're doing the attributes of God. Half the time is to study, the other half is now prayer. Come to a community group. Get involved if you can. My wife and I certainly understand what it's like to have kids and have things for kids and all going on. But I will ask you to ask this question as we had to ask ourselves, is kids sports and being involved more important than anything spiritual? I understand there's a balance in all that. Get, don't, don't get me wrong. But I'm asking you to consider. Check what I'm saying in Scripture. Say, would God rather have me here or watching Netflix or whatever we would be doing? What has more benef what's more beneficial? What has the better payoff, if that's the way we want to look at it? How can I help my brothers? And How can I pray for my brothers and sisters if I don't even know my brothers and sisters? Makes no sense. We're to pray for all the saints. You know, Paul had already told them how he prays for them. And this is a great template for us to pray for ourselves and for others. Right? Go back and read the book of Ephesians. See just how logical the book is, how it builds on itself. This is who God is. This is God's eternal plan. This is my prayer for you. This is what the church is supposed to be. This is how you do spiritual battle. It just, it's, such, it's such, of course, all of Scripture is logical. 
Paul prays this for the church in Ephesus. Remember, he has two great prayers. This is the second one. In verse, chapter 3, beginning in verse 14. For this reason, for this reason what? Because of who God is and what God has done. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven on earth is named, that according to the riches of His glory... Okay, so let's stop. According to the riches of His glory. In other words, Paul's saying, because the riches of His glory has no end. It's vast beyond measure. Out of that greatness, I ask that you, that He may grant you to be strengthened with power physically so you can lift them weights because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. No, no, that you would be strengthened with power through His Spirit in the inner being. That on the inside, you wouldn't give up. That the inside, you would persevere. That I would persevere. And of course, remember, what kind of power is ours? Resurrection power. Resurrection power belongs to God's children. There is no greater power. Drop 10 million nuclear bombs does not compare to the power of resurrection. That you'd be strengthened in your inner being, in the Spirit, so that, okay, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Do you ask that God would dwell in your heart through faith? That I would be strengthened to believe the gospel, to act on the gospel, so that Christ will dwell in my heart through faith, and that I would be rooted and grounded in love? So that what? Listen to what he prays, so that you may have strength to comprehend. Here we go, right back to the mind. To comprehend with who? All the saints. What is the breadth, the length, and the height, and the depth? And to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. You know what it means to surpass knowledge? I say it's just faith. You know, so I can't understand. I can't put this. This makes no sense to me. It has to be faith. Why would a sovereign, all-powerful, holy God love me? Because He chose to. That's it. He chose to, not because I chose to love Him. That we would know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge and that you may be filled with all the Fullness of God. You pray that for yourself? Pray that for your wife and your children? You pray that for the brothers and sisters sitting around you today? You say, I don't know what to pray. Get out God's word. Look at Paul's prayers. Pray those prayers for yourself, for the brothers and sisters, and put names and faces in your prayers. That's what it means to pray for all the saints. And we need to be very specific as when we pray for ourselves and for the saints. Paul is very specific here. This is what I pray for you. So when we ask somebody, ask us to pray for them. Be very specific in when you pray. 
And I would encourage you that if somebody says to you, hey, would you just pray for me? I, don't expect that they mean, would you go home and pray for me? Say, let's pray right now. I remember one time <laughs> I was at... I was at, I think it was the mall up in Orange County, and I saw somebody in my church, and they said something. I said, well, let's pray. Let's pray. And, and they literally went like this. Right now? I'm like, yeah, right now. Who cares who's standing there? doesn't matter. You ask for prayer? Pray right away. And pray specifically. Pray very specifically. Paul asked for prayer very specifically. Look what it says in verses 19 and 20. And also for me, pray for the saints and pray also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel. And you might say to yourself, what kind of prayer from Paul is that? Isn't that what Paul's already doing? Yeah, that is what Paul is doing. Paul's saying, I want to be bold in it. Paul asked that he would... He would pray that he would be bold in declaring the gospel. The guy's sitting in prison for declaring the gospel. And he's asking for boldness. That's humility. That's understanding who I am as a human being and that I desperately need God's power. It says, pray for me in giving uh, uh, that words may be given me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel. If you want to know what the mystery of the gospel is, go back to Ephesians 1. He already declares for us what the mystery of the gospel is. It was hidden in ages past, but now it's been revealed to us that God is reconciling man to himself. He says, For which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. See, Paul is asking, they would pray that he would not only be bold, but that he would persevere. He wouldn't shrink back. This is the very same prayer that the early church prayed for themselves, by the way. Remember when they began to declare the gospel? They began to be persecuted. It all started out real good. 3,000 souls are at it. The church is growing. They're, you know, they're, they're, they're not... We, we, we got to appoint people to feed and take care of, and all kinds of things are going on. And, and, and then all of a sudden, persecution starts coming in, just as the Lord said. And they bring John and Peter in, and they, they threaten them, and they say, you know what, we're going to beat you. They beat him. Don't talk about this Jesus anymore, and this and that. They go away rejoicing because they were counted worthy to suffer for the name of Christ. They go back, and they gather as a church, and this is the prayer that the church prays, for themselves in the midst of persecution, with the midst of their very lives being threatened for being Christians, they say this, And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness, while you, this is what you do, stretch out your hand to heal, and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered was shaken and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with all boldness. Do you ask God that you would declare His word boldly? Boldly? 
not worrying about, I wonder what they're going to say. I wonder how they're going to react. But you don't have to worry about it because God already tells you how they're probably going to react. They're going to hate you and persecute you and put you in jail and maybe even kill you. That may be the case. It may not be the case. It could also be the case that as you share God's word, that the Holy Spirit acts on somebody's heart, transforms their heart, draws them into the kingdom of God, and you now have the opportunity to make a disciple. Do we as the church pray for boldness? One thing that us elders, us elders, yeah, it's good English, um, the elders that we ask of you is that we would never divert from speaking the truth or declaring it boldly. And I don't say that in a proud way because it's, it's a necessary way. Prayer, we see, also builds community. But pray for all the saints, but as I pray, it does build community. Spirit-filled praying for each other produces genuine love and concern for each other. If I have a habit of praying for you, I know you have a need. You've expressed that need. You've asked the church to pray. And I am faithfully praying for you, persevering in prayer, keeping alert in prayer, and all of those things. I begin to what? How is it going? What's, how's things going with that thing you've prayed for? Is there anything else I can pray for? How can I? And it begins to build a relationship. You begin to become connected to that person on a deeper level. That's just how it works. Prayer builds community. That's why Paul says he sends him to this guy, Tychius. Look at what it says in verses 21 to 22. So that you also may know how I am and what I am doing. Well, if there is no community, who cares what you're doing, Paul? I don't care how you are or what you're doing. But of course there's community because they're praying for one another. They're building one another up in the most holy faith. They're not ignoring one another. He says, Tychius, the beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will tell you everything. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are. Look at the concern that the church in Ephesus had for Paul. He's in prison, chained to a Roman soldier. They have concern for who he is and those who are with him. So that you may know how we are. And look at the concern that Paul has and his companions have for them. And that he may encourage your hearts. Isn't that beautiful? Prayer builds community. As Jude says, we read it already, but you, beloved, building yourself up in the most holy faith, and praying in the Holy Spirit, building yourselves up in the most holy faith. Plural, you church, building yourselves up. You want to grow as a church and community and be effective in the world? Pray together. Pray together. Again, I would encourage you if you can, 8.30, right there in the visitor center. I hope we have to move it to the big room, to be honest. I hope we have to put it back to 6 o'clock because we'll be praying for well, 6 o'clock in the morning, get up for the Lord? What are you, crazy? No, Jesus is already up. Trust me, he's not sleeping. 
Prayer builds community. And Paul ends it with where we'll end it here also. Of just his love and concern. Verses 23 to 24. Peace be to the brothers and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all who love our Lord Jesus with love incorruptible. Loved ones, we are engaged in a spiritual battle. If we don't know it, we need to open up our spiritual eyes and see. It's not a battle that's going to be lost, but it is a battle that will be hard. But it is a battle that belongs to the Lord. And part of it is not only having on the shield and the breastplate and the sword and the feet and the truth. All of those things really matter. But ultimately, they are powerless if it's not surrounded in prayer. We are powerless if we're not a praying people. We are powerless if we are not a praying church. For the glory of God and for the grace of God, may we be a praying people. Jesus, we look at communion. We're about to celebrate communion. Jesus died and rose so that we could have a relationship with God. That means talking to God. Jesus died and rose so that we could talk to God. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for who you are. We ask, Lord God, that you indeed would forgive us, Lord, for our lack of prayer at so many times. Father, forgive us for being flippant at times in our prayers. We ask, Lord God, that you help us, that you guide and direct us, help us to be more people of the word, people of prayer, so that Christ would be glorified. We ask it in Christ's name.